0: Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: You are a visionary. You have a vision. You just need to create it and bring it to life. Welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with your host Kate Ebner. Our program will be an hour of inspiration from leaders who are making their visions happen and will set you on the path to having a big impact through your leadership and the life you really want. Now here's your host Kate Ebner.
2: Good morning and welcome to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. This is Kate and you know if you're interested you can gain access to additional resources, show recaps and special offers through our website. The Nebo Company's weekly weekly newsletter always includes an article that covers the show that we just had. So you can sign up at nebocompany.com and I hope you'll do that. Well, it's our first show of November, and as I look out the window this morning, I can tell from the leaves on the trees that we are deep into the season of fall here in Washington, Everywhere I go, the markets and the stores are full of beautiful, fresh fall produce, pumpkins, squash, and, of course, apples. If you're like my family, you just love buying cooking with apples in the fall, but how often do you actually stop and think about how those apples came to be available to put into your pie? Today, I'm delighted to share the airwaves with my friends, Barney and Chris Hodges. They're the owners of Sunrise Orchards in Cornwall, Vermont. Sunrise is a 200-acre, wholesale, family-owned and operated apple farm located in the Champlain Valley of Vermont. They grow McIntosh, Honeycrisp, Jonagold and Granny Smith and some other varieties as well. Barney and Chris, welcome to the show. I'm just really
3: happy to have you. Hi. Thank you very much.
2: Well, good morning. You know, I know that I've just got you at, uh, right at the you know, very end of the apple harvest when you're probably um, ready to just rest after all the hard work that's involved. So I wanted to start, Barney, by asking you, um, how many bushels did you say you got this fall? Hmm.
3: Well, we we had our best apple crop from a volume standpoint we've ever had. Um, we we're still actually picking a few few bushels, but we've picked over one hundred fifty four thousand bushels, mm-hmm. um, and our, our previous record was about one hundred forty four thousand. So um, we're really excited about that, and and. You know, it it can be a great thing. It's also, uh, everyone in the Northeast and, and, you know, Michigan East have had a, a really fantastic crop. So that could mean other things on the market front. But for now, we'll, we'll savor in that um, successful harvest.
2: Wow, sounds like an amazing harvest. And, you know, I want to just introduce you to the people who are listening today. Um, you know, I have known you now for... I don't even want to count the years, but let's just say two decades. Yeah. <laughs> um, since the very beginning, when you were just um, deciding to take on your your family's apple farm, um, Barney, and I, I can remember that decision and and the choices that you made to step up to actually um, learn and, and learn how to, I know you knew how to grow apples, but really how to do it in the way that you're doing it today. Um, and I thought it would be interesting for people if you could each just say a little bit about Yourself, And I realize that this is a rare show. You're the first married couple we've ever had on the air. Mm-hmm. So I know that that probably means that one of you could speak for both of you in certain moments, um, or maybe you'll feel strongly, you know, differently than each other. Yeah. But I wanted to start by asking you, Chris, to just say a few words about who you are and about the farm and maybe what you do for it. Let's start with you. Okay.
4: Um, I started working part-time at the farm actually, when we started our family. Um, I had actually begun my working life as an elementary school teacher and uh, and had been living on the farm at the same time and seeing things happening. And um, and then when we had our... Right about when we had our first child, I started working part-time just because I could, and I was here. And, um, and it was started by Barney's parents. So I, you know never thought of it at the beginning as my own business. Uh that's definitely evolved over the years. Um, but I was I was helping out in key ways and in some of the changes that we were making um, in the farm. So I I've been I started out small and over the last fifteen, almost sixteen years, um it's now developed into a, a full time full time job, full time partnership with my husband Barney. And um, and we run the, the business really together now, fully together.
2: And Chris, what would you say? Like, if, what are the things you focus on in the course of a week?
4: Right, right. So it's it's a very seasonal um, job. Of course. And uh, during, you know, so say during the growing season from April, mid-April on through um, August, I'm very focused on the on the growing of the apples. I'm in charge of the IPM program, which stands for Integrated Pest Management. Um, and that's a program of monitoring diseases and um, insects to determine where the pressures from those two areas are in the farm and deciding if we we do need treatment or we don't need to worry about it. Um, so that's where I, I, I focus my energies on, gathering weather records every day, taking uh, counts on our different insect traps, um, and just you know, making sure that we're on top of, of those diseases or those insects that may be threatening the crop. Um, later in the summer, I start to focus on the marketing of the apples that are starting to ripen quickly. Um, visiting some stores, um, we have—I'm in charge of the uh, in, basically the in-state Vermont sales um, to about 50 Shaws and Price Choppers around Vermont and and the borders of Vermont. And uh, I do a lot of visiting and and drumming up interest and getting them, you know, interested in those fall produce and uh and then once the uh apples are starting to get picked and once they have been picked like right now i move fully into sales and uh and i'm that's where i focus throughout the winter until until the spring begins again
2: you know thank you for taking me through the year actually chris i i I didn't i don't think i really knew the way your job works and how seasonal it really is and i also know that you've been really integral to the design, the brand of Sunrise Orchards, the artwork that we see when we go to your website and the look and feel of that. So I want to give you credit for that too. Thank you. Barn. how about you? I mean, tell us a little bit about your history with the farm and how you, you know, I I know as the the orchardist, you're really in charge of the whole operation, but um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how you got into this. And I guess we'd like to know what you think about
3: um well I you know I grew up on this farm. Um my family planted it. It used to be a dairy farm and my my family planted it in uh from 1974 to 1982. And uh so I spent you know all of my childhood here um helping with little odd jobs. I mean not odd jobs. I would say I just I was a part of the process of the evolution of the farm. And it was part of my identity and still is. Mm -hmm. I never really looked at it as, um, oh, this is something that I'm going to do for a living or make a career out of. Um, It wasn't until after college and and working in my first job uh, as a geologist, that's what I went to college for, you know, I studied geology in college, Mm -hmm. where I realized, you know, as I, I got out into real life adulthood, what a unique, um, upbringing I had and how, how fortunate I was to, you know, grow up here. And so I started thinking more about what my parents were doing and how they were gonna manage. Um, and, and it, it was, it was more of a realization that I need to do this. This is an opportunity that, is in front of me, and uh, I want to. I want to take it on. I didn't have any idea what we ultimately were going to do. <laughs> I think okay. I had I had intuition, and I had um, drive and focus, and you know a desire mm-hmm. um, and passion for for this farm. It wasn't even as much of an understanding about. Food or food systems or um, a lot of the more complex things that we think about now as as business owners and farmers. But um, I think that was enough to get me going, and uh, I just it was in my mid twenties and and ready to go. And I actually it was probably late twenties. And um, and and I think that that's key to any um, any endeavor. Any career, you have to want to do it and be excited to do it. And there there are times when we're not excited about what we do, and it's very difficult. But overall, yeah. we, we, we love what we do, and I love yes. what I do.
2: Well, you know, we... Um uh, you know, I think we all really appreciate what you do, especially at this time of year where the harvest has come in. And it's just so amazing to to eat those fresh apples, which I will say are like no other apples. So, <laughs> I want to I wanna just describe for people who are listening, you know, if you ever have the chance, right, and you're in Vermont and you happen to be near Middlebury, Vermont, this town of Cornwall is nearby, to go to Sunrise Orchards is to drive down a long dirt road and to drive within full view of the green mountains. So as you're, as you're driving through these farms and these, these homes and you know, when you're familiar with the area, it's a very much a neighborhood, but when you're new to the area, as I once was long ago, it felt like a very remote (laughs) location actually. But I, but the view of sunrise orchards is the view of the mountains rising over the green the sun, rising over the green mountains every day and over these beautiful rows and rows of apples apple trees and the farm is sort of nestled in a valley but it it goes up to a hill and chris and barney i remember when you um you built your house in a portion of the farm called the Elmwood and mm-hmm. uh, built it by hand, you know, and, and I'm, I'm bringing this all up. I mean, everybody who's listening, I want you to picture a huge red barn where the farm operations take place and also a farmhouse like the kind you might have drawn when you were little and you were <laughs> imagining the ideal farm. And, and that's really a picture that um, for me, you know, when I moved back to, to Middlebury, um, way back in the early 90s to work for Middlebury College again, lived in your parents' farmhouse, I remember feeling it was idyllic. It was like it was heavenly to be there, so beautiful, and to be among those trees and, and all of that. And so, you know, I would say that until I really saw you guys in action, I did not necessarily understand, and I'm guessing most people don't, the enterprise and the work and the planning and the weather all of the factors that come together for uh farmers and just to get that beautiful crop of apples um you know first to grow and then off the trees and i and i i want to just say that um for many people and certainly for many of the corporate clients i work with and um, many of the leaders i work with the idea of going back to the land right the idea of ah if i could just you know shelve this life and Mm. move back to the land and maybe move to the farm maybe have a family farm it's a part of the american dream and it's part of um a kind of a a well-loved mythology about an alternative lifestyle so there you are Living on your land in a house you built, farming the family farm—it all sounds like heaven. Um, so I'm curious, you know, uh, that this this um, myth of the New England family farm, um, Barney—is it—is it true? Is that what it's like?
3: Um, it, in ways, it, it is, but I, I would say that um, mostly no. <laughs> o- only in that. it it is um, it's certainly what you described is part of the allure that that brought me back to to my family's business Uh, but at the end of the day it's it's not just like any other career but it is um, full of realities that are really challenging and um, and it's it's extremely, um, it's, it's an intense lifestyle and it's, it's very, um, draining and the, the romantic elements, um, are not, um, enough to, I think it's just, you have to be careful about that kind of, um, attraction. Um, and, and I think it's, it's really important for, uh, for people to understand. Um, I think all types of farming are um, filled with the challenges that aren't that romantic um,
4: I I, I think if I could break in here a little bit, I think, you know, there are elements of that rat race of lots of
2: careers. We're going to take a little bit of a break right now, I think, and then I want to come back and lift the lid off the family farm (laughs) a little bit more and, and help our listeners understand what this is all about. You're listening to Kate Ebner. I'm speaking with Chris and Barney Hodges of Sunrise Orchards, and we'll be right back.
1: Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global
6: economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now, toll free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to VisionaryLeader at NeboCompany.com. Now, back to today's program.
2: Welcome back to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life. I'm Kate, and this morning I'm joined by the ultimate team, a husband-and-wife partnership who not only are raising three children uh, in a house they built themselves, but are managing a thriving apple orchard business at the same time. Barney and Chris Hodges are the owners of Sunrise Orchards in Cornwall, Vermont. They sell eco apples from their approximately sixty thousand trees to markets all over the Northeast. Um, so, Barney and Chris, you know, as we were talking before the break, we were talking a little bit about this, uh, this idyllic. Um, You know, back to the farm view that so many of us, and I suspect even I, uh, hold about working on the land. Mm -hmm. And you were starting to tell me and and Chris, you were starting to jump in and, and talk about, okay, well, there's really a reality here. And I want to get to that because I think um, I've been thinking a lot about the way that we imagine something to be and then the way it actually is. And I think you're going to be able to really help illuminate that for us. But first, I want to go back 15 years to the moment when you decided to take this on. And because we focus on vision on this show and because vision is what. You know, it's it's really the picture of the future that motivates us um, every day to to be passionate and to bring our best, even on those hard hard days and hard seasons. Um, I want to hear uh, what the vision was for Sunrise Orchards. You know, even in sort of broad strokes. You know, what 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 is it that you saw the opportunity to create? Right.
3: Well, I, I think um, as I said earlier, um, when when I first chose to. To come back to my family's uh, farm, I, I may not have known it at the time what the exact vision was, but but I, I can say uh, we realized um, what it was, you know, in, in within a, f- a short period of time, and that was it. it really, is a, for us, it was about opportunity and and what a unique opportunity we were being given um, by being able to lead this special place. And that special place um, was the environment, our surroundings. Um, it was the community, the people we work with and, and impact around us. And the opportunity really is about doing doing things really well and mm-hmm. growing. You know, we, we, we live in a region where apples grow really well. And... You know farm the farmer sort of caricature of um, you know the jolly man in the straw hat and the and the overalls with the piece of straw in their mouth is not what we are um, we mm-hmm. you know we are growing a single crop a, a tree fruit and um, but but the opportunity for excellence is what we've sort of identified as our our vision, mm. and that that opportunity. You know, we're, we're a, a large piece of land that affects many people's life lives around us, um, from our employees to our neighbors to passer, passers-by. Um, we're part of the working landscape, and we want to do uh, everything on it as best we can. And it's simple, but it's also really hard, and it's really challenging, and it's really motivating. Um, so so that's kind of our vision for excellence in, in making mm-hmm. a very high quality product and a very having very mm-hmm. uh high quality employees and, and be being really great bosses and employers and leaders ourselves is what what we wanna be and what we wanna wow. do. Wow.
2: Well, that's a great that's a wonderful description. Chris, what would you add to that? Well, I was going to say that you know that that is where we are
4: now in our in our vision, and and um, we're feeling very, very settled with it. But it has taken us a while, probably a decade <laughs> of um, of thinking about, you know, what is it that we what, that we want this place to be? I mean, at the bottom line, we need it to be successful. We need to be successful so that we can keep going and so we can keep providing jobs and that we can keep this open landscape that all of our neighbors, do really love, and um, we can keep our jobs, um, you know. But I think that you, when you're running any business, you're feeling those pressures of, you know, how best shall I keep up with the times? You know, what what is the newest thing? What should I be more diversified? Um, and we we have felt those pressures along the way, you know. And we, you know, just to, just as recently as three or four years ago, we felt the need to, um, you know, develop some. Kind of value added products that uh, that might you know expand our brand um, and maybe possibly make us uh, a more sustainable business in that we wouldn't be putting all of our you know eggs in one basket in a sense, meaning that we 're not just growing fresh apples that can be damaged by hail in ten minutes, <laughs> your whole crop gone in ten minutes in a season um, you know there's that there's those risks. Um, so you know we feel those pressures all the time, but it's uh, but you also don't want to get too scattered, um, you know. And so we're trying to balance that very much. So um, yeah, and uh, and but we have landed on really create, creating a a place an environment where we can um, really work to improve what we do really well. And and what Barney and I have landed on most recently is is that we grow. Um, wholesale apples very well. <laughs> that mm-hmm. We have the right environment, we have the right expertise, we have the right staff, um, and we have the right passion for it.
2: And that's mm-hmm. what we really want to do. You know, it's so clear as you say it, you know, and I think that's why I really wanted to have you on this show, because I think that commitment to excellence that Barney was just talking about, and that, that focus, and the um, investment of of time and energy the two of you have put into making sure that where you're going is the place you really wanted to go yeah. you know it just really stands out to yeah. me and um, I think uh, you know
4: one thing I want, I want to mention is that we went through a strategic planning process um, in depth a few years ago and we're still we're still In that process, I kind of feel like the strategic planning process is something that you keep doing over and over once you start it, but it's not something that maybe a lot of people would associate a a farm Business or just a farm? Doing, you know, strategic mm-hmm. planning seems like something, and it's something. It's a feeling that I had before we started the process. That um, you know, maybe mm-hmm. that's for a bigger corporation type of company, <laughs> but it was very valuable for us. I mean, it, it it really helped us to develop all these filters for you know whether we should do this project or whether we should expand in this area, and um, what what is our mission? What is our what are our values? And and uh and really trying to hone in on that um, because I think if you don't um, think about it uh, in that kind of way, you, you may not ever realize it for yourself and you could be sort of shooting in the dark a lot of the time.
2: Yeah, you know, there's an intelligence in it and really probably an intensity to how you're both talking about this. It, it's, you're really speaking about the business, but you're also speaking about community about place, about an environment, about a product, which is this amazing and most excellent Apple, you know, and it's a, it's a complete picture, you know, and it adds up to not just a business, of course, but also a life um, that I know is rigorous and, and demanding um, and rewarding for the two of you. Now, Barney, we just have a couple minutes before we take a break, um, but I wondered uh, what it means to you personally to be in this business you know, at this time, just just if you could reflect on, you know, where you stand today.
3: Yeah, well, I think as I listened just now to you, you know, talking about our place and you know, in in the community and in the, um, you know, in, in raising quality products and, and all those things. I, I think all of all of the things from the environmental side to the community side to the personal sort of relationships we have with our employees in a, in a good way you know I mean I, I think um, I feel um, even though I'm really tired at the end of the harvest and they work a lot I, I feel really content with that place and that clarity that I think the planning process has really helped us um, sort of focus on and, and that, that feels really good so you know, 15 years into um, into the farming life, uh, it it feels great to be able to be that focused. And um, we're still striving for balance and and sort of you know raising kids and and you know keeping up with the rat race outside of our careers is just like anyone else probably who's listening. Mm-hmm. But um, but what feels what feels Good is is that we I think we have a right mix of, of values and and you know I'm thinking about other farms out there raising apples you know it's one thing to grow them you know but to be I uh, actually think growing them can, is kind of one of the easier parts of of this type of farming I think it's more um, you know the balance within our community the impact that we have. The place we get to raise our children and, and try to sustain this operation for another generation, and and uh, the brand that we create and what that brand means to the consumer, all of those things play in to what's going to make us successful, and we finally get it, and that's that feels good. So, I mean, for me, and I think Chris as well, that that's where we're at, and now we get to build upon that sort of balanced. Uh, approach and and I think we can do. I think if we fail trying that, well, that's probably okay.
2: <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> there is a body of experience that you that you ultimately um, develop. You know, I like the idea of developing a body, but like okay. there's a body of experience that you develop. You know, year after year, harvest after harvest. Um, problem after problem you know um, outcome after outcome that's just undeniable so we're going to take another break and when we come back we want to um, talk a little bit more about um, the power of moving from vision to plan and making it real this is Kate Ebner you're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life and we'll be right back
1: Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision. Then develop the strategy, goals and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit NeboCompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com. Think of the world.
6: Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network.
1: You're listening to Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to VisionaryLeader at NeboCompany.com. Now, back to today's program.
2: I hope you will write to us. We'd love to have an email from you. And if you have a question or something that you want to comment on, we'll certainly pass that along to Chris and Barney and try to do that live if you decide to call in. Um, This is Kate, and we're talking about agriculture today, specifically Vermont-grown apples. I'm here with Barney and Chris Hodges of Sunrise Orchards in Cornwall, Vermont. And we've been talking about the farm life. Uh, We've been talking about the myth versus the reality. We've been talking about the vision and a little bit about the strategic plan. And I want to pick up right back there again, because I, as you guys know, I I really work on helping people envision the future they want and then make it real, you know, then make it happen. And, you know, you have had a vision that you've worked incredibly hard to bring into being. And Chris, you were referencing the strategic planning process um, before the break. Um, Why don't we just start there? Because I think this is often where visionaries struggle. It's is in this um, this open zone between. I see the future I want, but I'm here right now today. How do I get there? Um, so Barney, let's start with you, and and could you say a little bit more about the strategic planning process you used and how it relates to the vision, how it's helped you with the vision?
3: Sure. Um, I mean, before before that, even you know, what's what's important to to understand is that we. I actually like to think of um, our farm career as not, not that much different than any other entrepreneur or small business owner. You know, we, we have 80 employees in the fall, and, um, you know, it's it's really hectic and, and struggling to try to figure out what the recipe is for, for long-term success and sustainability. Um, had many different manifestations for us here, and so... Um, we We turn to the planning process um, in, in in a in a way that probably many people do but it just we we needed clarity and focus and um, and some relief toward to all the different ideas that we're having and how to organize those ideas and thoughts and uh, and um, I did not, I wasn't a strong believer in, in planning from building our own house. I did it, you know, on the back of a paper bag <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> to, to you, know, um, you know, starting up, uh, kind of diversifying the income uh, of our farm was done more from the hip, and, and, and I've always been a doer, and just, you know, you need to get something done, you just go do it. If it takes a long time, well, then you'll be tired at the end, but... Um now our business is much more complex, and so um, we were uh, there's only so much bandwidth and there's only so much uh, a doer of any type, no matter how superhuman they may be, um, can do. So the planning process for us um, I don't think it's ever going to stop it started, and we we now are believers in in you know vision and mission and core purpose and core values and All of those phrases that I didn't actually respect enough earlier on, I now Mm -hmm. um, take a lot of pride in those components of our strategic plan, and they they represent great filters around decisions for us, Mm -hmm. and that's what's become more and more difficult to do as we get larger and we grow and we get more complex. So those, and when you
2: say that, when you say they re- represents filters, are you referring to what Chris was talking about that it's sort of there's so many options that it's hard to know where to focus? And having yeah. that strategic plan really helps filter out things that
3: aren't aligned yeah, with that. I mean, uh, go ahead, Chris.
4: And and I would and I would add that you know I think. As I said in the beginning of the show, you know, I came in on a part-time basis mainly because of raising kids and um, being at home and splitting my time and, but, and Barn, so Barn sort of was that visionary person for our business to begin with and then as I became more of a full-time part of the, of the, uh, of the business and a partner um, you know, we're really, we're different. We're, we work amazingly well together. Um, I think a lot, a lot of people mention that to us. You know, you, you actually run this company together. and you know, I could never do that with my husband. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and, and sometimes it is really difficult. And I think that's the case with people that aren't, that aren't married as well, of course. Um, but I think the strategic plan really can help us filter or come to a, a compromise between the, our two personalities and the way that we want to um, execute these, these visions that we have. Or we may even have a very similar vision, but we want to execute it in different ways. And um, the strategic plan helped us really formally talk through how we each saw this happening and um, and what what we were comfortable with and what, what areas we could take a few risks in. And because um, and for, for each of us, we have different areas that, are, that seem risky. So, uh, you know, pushing that envelope uh, for each of us was part of that strategic planning process, which I felt was very valuable. And, um, you know, I think it, it's been a real tool for us to be able to, to work together efficiently um, and productively.
2: Chris, did you guys do your strategic plan just sort of rolling up your sleeves at the kitchen table or did you um, engage someone to work with you on that? Um, we actually
4: did hire um, someone to help us with that process, yeah. And uh, and I think that that was a, a key part of our success. Um, it's, a, it's a long process, at least for us. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we did get the message that... Uh, that we were taking longer in some of our homework assignments um, than some of um, their other clients, <laughs> but um, but we, you know, I think our our lives are are really busy. I mean, I think a lot of people's lives are busy, but I I think ours are very busy, and and we seem to always um, have something else more important to to get done. And uh, but it, it took us a while, and it was very good to have someone else prompting us and and um, helping us both see a different side of a. Of an mm-hmm. idea or an angle, so mm-hmm. yes, we did. We did hire an outside source to help us with that.
3: Mm-hmm. Can I, can I, I add I, something, Kate? Sure, please. So I think you know. I'm thinking about the listeners out there and and how how complex can it be? You grow apples, like you, you know. Um, so you yeah, the tree does all the work, right? What's that? The tree <laughs> does all the work, right? And mm-hmm. then when when once you're done harvesting them, you're done. And you know, I, I think it would be you know important to point out that you know now that our apple harvest is done we still have you know we've probably sold 50,000 bushels before the end of harvest and we have 100,000 to go and everybody in the country who grows apples grew a lot of them and so it's it's going to be a bear to sell them all and it'll take us all the way to june to do that and then we have to prepare for the next season and planting new varieties and all sorts of things but the other thing is you know, there's a lot to do with apples, you know, outside of just selling them in a box or in a bag. There's value-added products that could be made. There's, um, you know, everybody we meet has an idea. Hmm. Hey, you should yeah. do this. I yep. You've even been a, uh, 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 offering a few ideas here and there. You know. <laughs> Uh, why don't you do this? You know, if you sell your apples to this person, they'll pay you a lot more, this company. And you know, everybody has an idea under the sun. Um, and, and so for us, um, we are a fa- family farm that actually we have to be successful to sustain. We don't have extra resources to back our, our operation. It has to be self-sustaining. And so, so the strategic plan process has helped us filter when, when a really good idea comes to us. Like someone last week came to, to, to us and suggested um, smoke, smoked wood chips. You've got to make smoked apple wood chips. People, people want that. You know, okay, there's that, and then there's dried apples, and then there's applesauce, and there's cider, and there's all these different things. Um, you know, retail farming, all the different things you can do. How do you filter that? Mm-hmm. How do you decide what's right? What's your right? You know, some people are really good at retail businesses in general. Others, maybe they shouldn't be in front of people, you know. I, I don't know what we are yet, but we we just have to have a, a process for evaluating those things. And that's what yeah. the planning process has really helped us do, and it's really galvanized Chris and I in our approach.
2: Yeah. And so it sounds like that planning process involved, you know, really articulating mission and, and vision, and then you know I always think of strategy as the how, right? How are we going to do it? Right, right. And you know what what are the um, the the main areas of attention that will enable us to succeed and and to ultimately um, you know achieve what we want? And you know I think sorting through which of all of the things you're doing are the key things. Versus yeah. just the everything that needs attention is in and of itself a pretty valuable exercise. Um, what so is this a document now? Like is this now like you go to it and you look at it and you look compare your goals, you know, yeah. your achievements to your goals? Is that is that how it is? Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: yeah, yeah. And I think you know you you really hit on it. Some of the real meat of the of the document is, are the goals that we have. Um, written and and the strategies related to those to those goals that's that 's the part that we really need to kind of hone in on and
2: mm-hmm. and i and i 'm I'm, I'm now into this task, so I really want to stay with it for just yeah. a, We just have two more minutes but um before another break but what 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 I wonder about is like okay you know, how often do you go back to it? Do you bring it up weekly? Is it like once a quarter you sit down and say, okay, how are we versus goal? And what do you do if you're not on track? Uh, Who's the best person to answer this?
3: You guys pick. Well, I'll just take a crack at it. I I think that um, it's surprising. We don't have a systematic um, revisiting of the strategic plan at this point, but we look at it all the time. I I would say we, we... check it out all the time. And what's interesting is the goals are, are focused on, I mean, uh, the primary component is being economically sustainable because if we're not, we won't be able to have these conversations. And so we have to be, um, so, so our goals end up being adhered to primarily because we're, we're always thinking about success Economically, but it doesn't compromise our values for the environment or our community or other areas. So, to this at this point, we haven't gotten super far astray. We've had this in, in uh, we've had this for about three years now, and, and it seems to be keeping us on task.
2: Well, I like how you said we we visit it all the time, and and I think you know for everybody out there listening, you know, there's this big question mark about okay, what do I really want? And then now that I know that that's the vision everybody and it's how do i get there and and what's what's the strategy Mm -hmm. and i love the way that you're describing it as a living document something you're interacting with all the time we're going to take a break right now we have lots still to talk about um when we come back um you're listening to visionary leader extraordinary life my guests are chris and barney hodges and you can google sunrise orchards and you'll find them they're up in cornwall vermont we'll be right back (music)
5: It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now toll free, 866 472 5790. That's 866 472 5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: Do you want to take your organization to the next level? The Nebo Company develops leaders, teams, and organizations to achieve their highest potential. We provide executive and team coaching, leadership courses, mentor programs, and retreats tailored to the unique goals of your organization's leaders. With national reach, Nebo specializes in helping senior leaders to articulate a compelling vision, then develop the strategy, goals, and accountabilities that make the vision real. For more information, visit nebocompany.com. Be sure to ask about our leadership and life curriculum. Again, that's NeboCompany.com.
6: Think of the world. up-to-date business and financial news call now and get the financial information you need 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 the experts are here voice america business network
1: you're listening to visionary leader extraordinary life with host kate Ebner. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up your phone and call into 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. If you'd rather send an email, please send it to VisionaryLeader at NeboCompany.com. Now, back to today's program.
2: Welcome back once again. Today we've been exploring what it's actually like to make a living off the land with Chris and Barney Hodges of Sunrise Orchards. You know, and I'm curious, um, Barney, is there anything you'd like to say as an apple grower out working in the fields, uh, really growing these apples to the apple consumer in the store? Um, what, what do you want us to know?
3: Oh boy. Um, well, if I some of the things I'd want you to know. Would glaze your audience's eyes over, but uh, but I, I think that um, it's important that people know where their food comes from. I think it's important that people understand, uh, you know, what what they're passionate about in terms of their food, and and uh, but but more importantly, you know, it, it's um, it's really. Uh, a chore to grow food and and to grow food cheaply and um, blemish free is um, a really uh, people are really lucky to have uh, the kinds of food we have in this country Um, so I don't want to become too much of a preacher around food but it's it's really um, our Food supply and the uh, that, that food's actually very cheap relative to other parts of the world is something that uh, I think many people don't know and don't realize.
4: Can I jump in here, Kate? Oh, of course. You know, I, I actually do a lot of well, not a lot. I'd like to do more of it, but I do some store visits every every year. A lot. Some stores ask me to do what they call demos, where I go in and I, you know, slice up apples and serve cider and talk about our. Growing practices and our farm and, you know, people are actually, um, very, very interested in, um, in some of the details of, of farming. Um, uh, they don't want to, they actually really don't. Want to just hear about that romantic vision that they might have? They they want to you know, they want to hear just what it's like. And I was thinking when you asked Barn that question of what would you tell the consumer? The first thing that popped into my my mind was refrigerate your apples. <laughs> 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 very a very concrete. Um, sort of message or simple message but it it really gets to that um you know take care of your your produce and and preserve that quality and and kind of um you know they, they people are so disconnected from food and mm-hmm. farming and and how how best to take care of things, or even how to use things. I mean, I, I consider myself a, a pretty knowledgeable food person, and there's still there's, there's many things in the store that I don't even know how to use in recipes these days. There's mm. some very, you know, obscure vegetables out there, and I would want to know more. But I I do get the sense when I go into stores that people in general are very um, open to hearing about the intricacies of farming and and the apples that they're eating and and the varieties and different tastes. And um, I think that the more we can get out there, um, the really the better.
2: You know, I, th- I think you're, you're, you're right about that. And I think we go and see beautiful displays of, as you said, Barney, perfect fruits and vegetables and maybe don't give a whole lot of thought to what it took to get those um, those vegetables and fruits to us and to to the moment where we select them and put them in our baskets and bring them home and how fortunate we really are to have that available to us um thanks to people like you guys i wonder you know one thing that's really uh we didn't get into too much on the show but that's always stood out for me about your farm is the way that it's a microcosm of the larger world so you know we might think of you as being up there and this little part of Vermont, where you're in a, you know, in a rural kind of beautiful area away from it all. But I know from knowing you and your business that you actually touch the world um, in so many ways. Um, certainly, there are what's happening in terms of agricultural policy affects you. Sometimes you come down to Washington Barney and participate in the discussions about that. I know that you have international relationships, thanks to the Jamaican pickers who come and, and have come for, um, for generations to pick on your farm. I just wonder, you know, if you could just comment um, for a moment, Barney on the way that an apple farm today is a microcosm yeah, of, of the world.
3: I think that's a, a great point. I, I, I um, I think that you know, even tying that back to the question you just asked about what, what you know, I'd like to, to say to people about food and apple farming in general, I, I, I think that um, we as a society really um, don't necessarily understand how complex food production is. And just as you say, you know, what? Uh, how many lives, uh, when you buy that green pepper at the store or that bag of apples or, you know, those pumpkins at Halloween time, how many lives are affected by those purchases? And even though agriculture now represents a much smaller component of our n- national economy, um, it still employs a lot of people. It... Uh, it affects a lot of lives. It, it affects communities because farms are still large pieces of real estate within communities, and they have to be taken care of and treated well. And, um, you know, the better job we do, the more positive impacts um, will be had within the community and within those people who work on our farm and who eat our produce. So, you know, it's, it's, very complex, very healthy if it's done right and, uh, and inspiring, um, mm-hmm. I think, to all who are part of it. I, I think that one of the things I'm most proud of is how committed the 81 people who work here are. And it's taken us a while to get to that point where, you know, there's so much pride uh, f- by all of our employees. For this place and that pride um, you can just tell by you know talking to them and 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 uh, it's something that um, we we um, feel really good about it touches our kids who, who grew up here you know they see it it's uh, there's just a lot of, of really good things that are happening as a result of uh, operating this business and and that's what what I think Chris and I love, and it's what even though it's really hard, it's what keeps us going and and makes us you know aware that we're doing what we want to do uh, because it, it feels good um,
2: yeah, so it does well, you know it's it's um it's so interesting to me from a leadership development lens, which is the lens I'm often looking through mm-hmm. to to see you to lead this business and to lead the growth of the farm and to lead your family in a particular you know way of living on particular land and to do that in, in the context of this um, community in which you live and this desire, this mission, this vision really around excellence in uh, being wholesale apple growers and to educate people about food in the process. And I, I think it, um, I, you know, David White has this wonderful quote that work is where um, self meets the world." Mm-hmm. And I think your work so clearly is a place where, you know, not only do you you give it your all, but but actually learn and grow um, individually and together, you know, to the benefit of, of all of us. So it's really, it's really inspiring. And, and, you know, I, I think of you as visionaries, and I also think of you as practical people who know how to make it happen and make it real. And I want to just close today by inviting you, Chris, to tell us where we can go to learn more about you and, and Sunrise Orchards.
4: Well, we do, we do have a website, um, sunriseorchards.com. Um, and we do have a Facebook page at the same Good. address or Sunrise Orchards, um, and we have you know we're act- it's actually a little bit under construction, but it's definitely viewable the the, okay. Facebook, the, the website. Um, but uh, it doesn't have our new
2: logo on it, but it shortly will. Great. Yeah, excellent. Well, I so hope everybody, have everybody have will check
3: our, this out. Our, our, go ahead. Sorry,
2: I've got to wrap us up. But okay. I think those are great places to go. And I want to just say thank you for being with me today.
3: Thank you, Kate. Thank you very
2: much. All right. Take care.
1: We sincerely hope you've enjoyed hearing from leaders who are using vision to create an inspiring future. Please join host Kate Ebner for another edition of Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life next Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business Channel. Meanwhile, visit www.nebocompany.com for more tips on bringing your own vision to life.